So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this first of the newly expanded 90-minute Everyday Connections. I'm Rico Shields, and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you? I'm just great. We're we're a little scrambled because this is all new. Uh, hopefully, I can play music and talk at the same time, or close, or near the same times. I think it'll work out. It should be fine. I think you're worrying for no reason. <laughs> I'm not worried about it, really. Um, so we're going to have Dana Harmon joining us tonight. Uh, Dana's a really talented artist, musician, uh, a guitarist. Uh, from, uh, he's originally from Ohio. He's down in uh, Florida now, pursuing his career. We, of course, would like to uh, begin the show mentioning our friends and family, really, uh, over at Inner Child. You can find Bill and Janet and Jill and the whole uh, Inner Child family at innerchild.ning.com. So we hope you'll visit them. It's just a great group of folks. Absolutely. And and while you're there... um Check out uh, the contest that they've launched um, in cooperation, um, in collaboration with several other independent um, radio show hosts and um, poetry um, people. It's called the World Healing World Peace Poetry Contest 2012. And uh, there's an amazing array of prizes for the winners. Um, It's just, it's such an incredibly fun contest. And of course, it's it's meant to um, bring in, shed more international light on this this thing we call peace that we all want. So, uh, check that out as well because um, that's, that's they've got an incredible group of people sponsoring them too. So um, you can find the uh, contest at uh, World Healing World Peace. 2012.yulsite.com. Now, I've got the link for you in the chat room. And, of course, uh, if you're listening to this uh, and you're away from your computer or afterwards, just go to our website at everydayconnection.me and look for Dana Harmon as the episode, and it'll have links to all of them. And we have links to the poetry contest all over the place. 
Absolutely, that we do. All right, let's see if I can get Dana in here. Dana, how are you? Good. So Dana's joining us by phone from Florida tonight, and uh, we're we're thrilled that he was able to make it and then work us in between work and guitar lessons, and he he, he gives the lessons that is. Yeah, I try to at least. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Awesome. It's very, very faint on my end, gentlemen, just letting you know. Um, I don't know. If yeah, just be sure to keep the, the mouthpiece of the phone close and, and speak up a little bit. Uh, blog talk's a little ornery with their phones it's, sometimes. It's wonky. Okay. <laughs> so nice to meet you, Dana. Um, first time I, I, I stumbled upon you was a YouTube video uh, that you did. And uh, it, it had something to do with uh, drugs being really evil. And uh, yeah, it, yeah. it impressed the hell out of me that, I mean, here was a young man who, I got to say it, put it out there for, <laughs> for anybody listening. If you go to his websites or you see his YouTube videos or, or pictures, um, Dana, your first um, your first impression might be that he, he's, you know, Another punk kid out on the streets causing trouble. Uh, like me, he's all tattooed up. And um, unlike me, who looks like a hippie, he looks more like a street kid. Which is awesome when you get past that exterior and get into the actual art um, that he's creating. So, um, How did you get involved with that campaign against drugs? Oh, wow. Um it's really a lot of stories um, with myself, you know, being addicted to it. The Their EP was, it was targeted at drugs, but more so prescription drugs. Um, I was I was addicted to prescription drugs at one point. Uh, I lost a friend the year 2010, overdose off of prescription drugs. And, um, just a lot of people around me was uh, really addicted to them, and um, I broke free of that, thank God. And I decided to just dedicate an album to my lost friends or friends with family members that, that lost them due to prescription drugs. And after researching that, um, some, statistics, some statistics that prescription drugs... Uh, were leading cause of death for drugs, even 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 more superior than hard hard narcotics in the streets. And um, I just decided to do an album dedicated to um, drugs are really evil, which has the dare slogan, but instead of drug resistance, I think it's drug abuse resistance education. Yeah. Um, I just I decided to change it to drugs are really evil one night and. Um, <laughs> And decided to just, uh, you know, make soulful music and just really feel good type music, and um, and that's what happened. Well, I'm I'm curious because um, my mom was a victim um, of prescription medication, uh, so I, I understand completely where you're coming from. But now, are you referring just to um, the prescription painkillers that are being sold on the streets? Or are you referring to the fact that there's um, a trend in both Canada and the U.S. 
um, to be prescribing medications that's not really that aren't really necessary, and, and they're being made thanks to doctors and their happy little hands with writing signatures. They're they're being made too easily available. Yeah, well, a little bit of both. Because both, I mean, to me, both of those cases, if they're sold in the streets or if uh, doctors are just, you know, just using, just signing away all the time, and to me, that's both a problem um, because you know, uh, too much of anything is a good, and um, you know, for someone, I mean, most of these people, some people are healthy and just can't get off of them. And, um, and some people abuse them. And, I mean, you know, and in my case, I was in a, I was in a horrible car accident. And, um, you know, I wasn't on uh, on anything like that. And, and after a while, I um, became addicted to them and then looking for where to buy them at, which I'm pretty sure happens in most cases. And um, so that EP was directed towards both of uh, just abusing it, even if, you know, even if, for in my case, I was already healed, there's no longer to be on something you don't need after it served its purpose. And then also just to be taking them just to, just to get the effect of them as well. Right. But there are so many people that, that have a very similar story to yours. Something happened uh, that the medications were needed for, but yeah. they sometimes get so liberally prescribed, and then uh, I ha- it's been my experience in several instances, um, there's not any discussion on the doctor's part of, okay, I think everything's better now. Here's how we're going to taper this off or help you with this transition back to normalcy. They just say, no more, and you're sort of left hanging. Um, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, uh, so I think it's important uh, what you're doing because uh, it is, like you said, uh, leading. It's killing more than the street drugs, and when you start killing more people than heroin and things like that, you're you're really treading on dangerous territory, eh? Well, yeah, and and it's it's getting to the point, um, and you know it's really shocking to me. Yeah, you know I made this dare EP, I think uh, around February, I believe, but. You know, just last week watching the news, I'm hearing now that actually newborn babies are being born already addicted to prescription drugs. So it's to the point now that you have pregnant women addicted to these prescription drugs and the newborn babies are born addicted. So it's really becoming a real big issue. And that was the reason why I felt the need to make the EP because I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, if something's killing more than, than, like you stated, heroin and cocaine and everything... I'm pretty sure not a lot of people will relate to that drugs are really evil EP. Yeah, and, and, you know, of course, in the instance where something, you know, an accident or something has happened and, and or or for any other reason you're having severe pain, uh, pain relief is an important part of healing, but... Uh-huh. Um, a huge part of healing. So they have their place, but yeah, it's... I think it is, in, at least in part, I know there's some excellent doctors out there. I don't want to put anybody into a big group and just say they're all a certain way, but uh, I think fostered in part by insurance companies that want to shorten 
visits and healing times and things as much as they can. Um, doctors are in a very hurried, rush, rush. You know, they come in, what's the deal? What's that? Oh, yeah, here, have some of this, and then they leave. And um, I think that it would be nice if we could find a way to move back to doctors that, you know, I think of my pediatrician, you know. He, he knew my parents. He knew me. He knew what I did. He knew what I liked. He spent some time, you know. Yeah. He didn't just come in and say, sniffles? Oh, take the red pill. He was, you know, well, how you feeling? Well, what's going on? And he would look, and and if if he thought I had an infection, he would run a culture. So he made sure he wasn't given antibiotics for no good reason. Um, and But doctors that prescribe painkillers for any length of time, I mean, if you go to the dentist and he gives you five little painkillers, big deal, maybe. But... You know, if you've had an accident or something where you've had to be on painkillers for weeks, they need to get you off of them. They put you on them. Rightfully right. yeah. put you on them, but they should get you off, not um, just yeah. say no more. Well, okay, I'm My so opinion, gonna, but I'm going to still argue that. Okay. First of all, um, yes, some onus is on the doctors, of course, but I think that um, Dana's methodology with putting methodology with putting it out there um is more geared towards patient i think it's really about educating the public that these things are addictive they are dangerous that there's other options available to them and that this is something that they need to be aware of so that they can make conscious decisions regarding medication oh, because absolutely. you can you can talk till you're blue in the face and you're not going to change a doctor's mind who's going to make x amount of dollars extra a year as a bonus because he prescribed so many medications, or he didn't do X amount of tests, um, but it, it's up to the it's up to the patient, and that's me as a patient. You know, I've been through this where well, I go I into the to. doctor and said, "No, I don't want your stinking morphine. I want to find out what's wrong with my back." Right. Six months, mm-hmm. they gave me antidepressants, and then went, "Oh, by the way, your back's broken. Sorry, we screwed up." You think? So wow. Well, you know, there is, but. And, and, and it I is think, also on the I think the education pe- educated patient to demand the kind of care that I'm that I'm talking about where you have oh, a doctor absolutely. that knows you and knows what's going on with you. So then you know how it is with your friends. You can just take one look at them and go, "What's up with you?" Yeah, oh, because absolutely. you know them, and um, and I know that a lot of doctors certainly, at least when they go into it, sure, I'm sure some want to be a plastic surgeon and make a lot of money. But a lot of them go into it because they want to help people, and so they wish they could spend more times more time with their patients. Um, but the public will have to demand it because it's it's in the corporate architecture of the insurance business. It's all about money. Absolutely, and I just love that it's it's young man with a um, with you know with a message that can be geared towards young people, and it's coming from somebody who's from the same generation. It's not like the old guy looking down at the young guy going, you know, you really ought to be careful about that because it could blah, 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 blah. It's it's coming like, you know, I mean, Dana, how old are you, hon? Yes, I'm 27. So so that's what I mean. Go on. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was speaking... That's the reason. It's just the the um, prescription abuse 
is is a problem for all generations, and that's the thing about that issue is is not just one. Gen- I've seen people. I've seen sixty, seventy year olds, forty years old. Uh, you got teens. It's it's really all all types of ages and that has the issue, and I've never seen nothing like it, and it's just, I couldn't believe it. Is it... it is... Go ahead, Jean. Um, well, I'm just wondering, because, like, my mom was in her 50s um, when she succumbed to her, the side effects from, from her years and years of abuse of um, prescription drugs. Um, but is this something, I mean, you see it getting growing worse, and and you acted on that, which is awesome. Um, did you have trouble finding a support system to get off the medications when you when you wanted to get off the medications after you recovered from the accident? Or well, um, my support system to help me get off is definitely music and my father. Um, but it did take me a while. You know, I'm not going to just pretend it was just something that happened overnight. Um, but what really, what really, really helped me is as I was easing off of them, and you know, I was in a band, I was in bands, and you know, you know the scene, and and just seeing how everyone, if, 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 when you're, when you're, when you're, when you sometimes just take a step back, you even gotta, you know, somehow view it as yourself, kind of like a third point of view. And, you know, as I took that step back to see what was around me and what's going on and how, how it was affecting people, it just really woke me up. And, you know, I just had to, you know, just tell myself, uh, you know, you have to first admit that you're addicted to, to kick it out and realize you have to realize the issue to address the issue to fix it. And um talked to my father a lot. He was definitely my backbone. That helped me, and uh, my girlfriend helped me out. And um, it definitely, I just had to get, just had to distance myself from the crowd I was hanging with. That's, you know, you can't be around it. You got to get away from it. And that's that's what helped. Sure. Sure. I think that's awesome the way that you you brought up the stepping back and taking the the longer viewpoint, the almost like a third person observing yourself. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an awesome realization, and uh, I think we ought to talk a little bit more about that. But I think this would be a great time to uh, actually play the "Drugs Are Really Evil" Dare song from your EP. Okay, awesome. All right, so we'll come right back, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, Dana's family and where he comes from, where he gets all this musical talent from. And uh, and particularly this uh, step back and take a look at yourself thing, because I like that. So everybody stay with us. Enjoy the music. We will be right back.
Wow. I'd say you got a little talent there, young man. I just dig Dana's music. I really do. Um, Okay, so my young friend, and I can call you young friends because I'm at least almost 10 years older than you. Yay. Um, (laughs) uh, How long have you been playing? You come from a musical family, yes? Yes. Um, I've been playing a little over four years. So, yeah, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 22. I didn't know what I wanted to do with music until I was 22. And, um... Okay. I know I you know said... I didn't pick up a guitar. I'm sorry? What was that, Rick? I'm, well, I was just going to say, I know you said uh, in your bio that you uh, picked up your first instrument at age 11. And I think this is must be an interesting story where we've got... Uh, your first instrument you picked up was a saxophone, and now you're a guitarist. Yes. Um, is that that's got to be an interesting correct, road? But, yeah. Well, my father, who's a musical genius, um, he's he's just my role model, and um, I look up to him a lot. He's a sax. He's a professional saxophonist, and. As a kid, I just you, he would take me to his shows and everything, and um, I tried. I think I tried it, but I just at, it's kind of like when you try something as a kid and you realize how much you can't do it that first try, so you just pin it back down and never pick it up again. <laughs> I, I know it all too well. <laughs> yeah, so I tried the saxophone. I remember I blew it. I think maybe two or three tries and couldn't get a note out, and I just put that down and um of course um you know most just not to be um typical a stereotype but of course you know being an inner city kid um that I was raised as in Ohio um around high school and stuff started rapping and um started making rap music and um, I'll never forget the time now keep in mind my father who's a saxophonist, his mother my grandmother is a uh, professional pianist so they're old school they, they, they're, you know back in their day you either play an instrument or you can sing, there's no rapping there's no making beats on a computer or anything of that nature too, you, you could play an instrument or sing and I'll never forget the time that um I was about 18, 19, and I showed my grandmother one of the rap songs I created, and I was so ex- just so excited. And um, <laughs> she told me, that's not music that you're making. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, you're not even doing nothing. That's not music. And um, from then on, I told myself that I'll at least learn an instrument, and then the guitar was my f- I ended up being a guitarist after that. Well, do you still do you still spin beats? Like, do you still rap? No, um, I try just to mess around here and there. Cause I mean, we, it's just more of a like a. I like this rap as a, more of a um, a culture, you know. It is, everyone's doing it now. It's every there's all types of races rapping and everything, but um, I'm not really good at rapping and. Where my heart is at is obviously the guitar, and I mean I'm so blessed with that to 
even my uh, just to learn an instrument in that amount of time and I still didn't even know how I learned the instrument because the first time I got a guitar I didn't even know you have to tune it and now to be able to play it and um, the guitar is definitely my love so I just really focus on that now. Well, now you said you didn't start until you were 23. Right, 22. That was when I 22. first bought a guitar. So when you first bought a guitar, what um, what happened to you know make you this is this is it this is what I'm doing and I'm going to stick with it and you you refer often to your guitar as your savior. In fact, one of your songs, um, I believe. Um, I know Rick has it stashed away in in oh. in Quay for us, um, but it seems to me that it's a song where you're you're referring to your guitar as your savior. And when you were talking about the healing process, um, you mentioned that again. So coming from you know a position of having gone through the whole have to get back on my feet physically because I've been sick for far too long, and I used writing. To do that, I can understand where you're coming from, but can we talk about that for a little bit so that our listeners might get a inkling as to um, how healing art can be for an artist? Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, there's really, I mean, that's the word I can say that's unbelievable, but there's really no words of the feeling of the power of how whatever you're going through, it's always there for you. And um, the thing about art, if you're in a, you you can do it whether you're in a good mood, ex, you know, a happy mood, or you're sad or stressed, or and and it's always there for you to relieve whatever feeling you have. Um, and that was the guitar for me. And you know, if I was in a sad mood, I make I can make the guitar cry a lot, or if I'm in an excited mood, you know, I can play really fast or a lot of up-tempo rhythms, kind of like breaking down with the guitar, you know, make it funky or something. And um, it's just really the art behind the music or, you know, if you're if you're into poetry, which is art, and then, you know, painting. There's yeah. so much passion that you can have behind it and what you're doing. Um, and it's limitless, I feel. And I feel like with art, and everyone knows that with art, there's always something to learn, and you you get better as 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 you get um, time under your belt. You know, the older you get, or the 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 more experience you get at your art, your craft, you're going to get better at it, and uh, you're going to be able to get get to, to get to new boundaries. And um, with the guitar, that's what happened. I just kept getting new boundaries and kept. Kept getting getting more uh, feeling into my playing, and it just never stops. And it's just keep getting better and better. Now, you one of your songs is called "The Six String Messiah," um, yes. and the name really, really, really caught my attention. Um, barring the fact that, of course, I've listened to the song and I love it, um, but the the title. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Can um. Can you explain where the title came from? It came from one of my um, one of my friends. He's one of my homeboys. He's really cool. His name's Will Brennan. Me, me and him did a we opened up for like huge rap artists like J Cole and them in uh, Gainesville, Florida. 
and I was in Orlando, Florida. And I don't know, he mentioned something, I think it was either on Twitter or Facebook. He, but anyway, he just called me the six-string messiah. <laughs> I actually was hysterically laughing for about 15 minutes. And then um, I just decided to name this song. That that song, I felt like, I felt like naming it that. Because there's a lot of emotion in that song. And some sometimes I what I like doing is that you know, I, you know, like like you say that you if you see me you just think I'm a street kid and I'm you know I'm heavily tattooed or so I like blending my my guitar with kind of urban music you know rap beats like the background like for this perfect example is Six String Messiah because I'm playing over what would typically be you know a rap song but it's just guitar and um, that's Dude. another reason that. That that identifies who I am because I wasn't brought up as a guitarist. You know, I didn't I didn't know I would be a guitarist. I was brought up listening to a lot of rap, you know, a lot of Snoop Dogg stuff like that. And um, but then I fell into guitar. You know, and I was like, oh, what's this? You know, blues. And I had to actually do my research in history. So I had to go back in time at the age of like 22 to finally find out. You know, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. So I had to go back, but I wasn't—I was never raised around none of that, and that's the reason. To me, that's what Six String Messiah is—is is the guitarist that was brought up in a completely different way. Awesome. What do you say we give it a listen? Oh, awesome! That sounds good to me. Thank you. Perfect. We'll be right back.
Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it when she does that. That means she really liked it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So I've got to say that I'm even more impressed. You know, I had uh, heard your music, and uh, I'm uh, friends with uh, Brandon Babb that introduced me to your music. And, uh, you know, so I'd heard some about you, but we hadn't really talked before. And I just presumed when I saw this, picked up your dad's saxophone at 11, that by 12 or 13 you were playing the guitar. And you've only picked it up at the age of 22, and uh, you say the love you love the guitar. I have to say, I think the guitar loves you back. And yes, uh, I agree with that. I'm very grateful. Um, you know, you talk about your influences. You weren't really raised around that music, so you went and did your homework. This, uh, not to plug the name of the show, but this is exactly what. Uh, Gene, I, I believe Gene, certainly Nestor and myself, when we talk about following your finding and following your passion or your highest excitement, uh, you'll do all kind of things like research and things, but they don't feel like work. Um, and and the beautiful art that comes comes through. Um, I've seen in some of your videos there's there's one you're performing I guess at the Haiti Relief. Yeah. And uh and it's easy to see it, at least it appears to me that it uh is almost a, a meditation for you like you could easily just get lost in the in the guitar for a while. Oh yeah. Oh that's exactly what happens. Beautiful. So that's my other see here see here I'm prying my points out. That's my other big point with people that everybody gets freaked out about meditation. I've never been able to do this traditional sit down, cross your legs, be quiet. Oh meditation. And um I've never really quite been able to pull it off. But I meditate when I walk and I meditate to music and um so everybody out there, if you're hearing anything, you're like trying to find a way, and they, people are telling you, well, you should meditate. You'll find peace. Look, the peace is in there. It's in you, I promise. And it may be to a wailing guitar that you find your spot. So From baking cookies, whatever it is. Whatever it happy. is, don't, <laughs> don't, do don't limit yourself to, you know, going and sitting in a corner and burning incense and, you know, burn incense while you play yeah. the guitar. Why not? Um, yeah, no limits. So while we're while we're on that topic, you, you spoke earlier, you mentioned, you know, it's almost like you step back to a third point of view or step back and, and observe yourself. Uh, uh-huh. Is that something you just kind of stumbled upon or how did you come upon that idea? Because I... I I have to say I think that's a beautiful way of of putting it. You know, certainly we're not saying I'm beside myself. You know, but yeah, I think it's a beautiful way to put it. Where you uh, and and, and uh, spiritual teachers from Muji to time immemorial have talked about that space of being able to step back and be the observer. 
So where did you where did you come across that, or did you just find it? Well, um, no, I came across it from my older brother. He's um, he um, he studied psychology at Capital University in Ohio. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and he he just says sometimes he says it in a different way. Well, he, the way he says it, it's the same meaning. He just says sometimes you just have to step back. Well, you have to. I finally I can't forget. I was about thirteen years old, and I never forgot the saying, but. Take a look at yourself. Sometimes you just have to stop in the middle of the mist and some time and just stop and just let everything pass you by just to step back and just, you know. And I took it as if he was saying, you know, basically just look at yourself from an outer perspective and, you know, and, and it's kind of just what do you think of yourself. It's kind of the same thing as if you look in the mirror, what do you think of yourself, you know. Right. What are you doing and what, what's going on around you. Well, and stopping in the in the mist and letting it all sort of pass you by—that's. Uh, it can be easy. It certainly was for me for a long time, too long probably, but too long now. The I look at it; it all served its purpose. But to get sort of swept up in those in that mist in those events and just let it sweep you yeah. along, and and you end up someplace you didn't intend to go because you weren't really paying attention. And, exactly. Uh, it's it's just such a beautiful way to put it. Did you um did you take this vacation um from inside the box? <laughs> did you take that vacation before, after or during um the healing process? Like is that, is that something that went along with you getting back on your feet after, after the accident? I'm just curious. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, um Definitely, definitely. I mean, of course, they. I do it a lot, but the the harder the time, the more you have to step back. I believe, you know, and you know, because when you're going through hard times, you know, there's a lot of options you have, and you really don't realize what's in front of you unless you step back. Some people only see just one one track instead of stepping back and see all the other, you know, all the other options that are are there. Or sometimes just they don't even see the option. Just no, I don't. You know, I don't want to hang around with you, you guys. All you guys do is, you know, do this, and I just want to get a new, you know, just the yeah. other options. And so sometimes I, I do it quite often. It was, I of course, the during that time though. I mean, you know, I've never been addicted to drugs like that. You know, I was always into working out and everything. But when that car accident happened, and you know, you can't even. Uh, you need help in and out of bed, and you know now you're addicted to pain pain medicine, and that was one of the hardest times in my life. So definitely, I've you, that was a big just look at in the mirror, check yourself, what's going on. No, I'm again. This is going to be a little personal, but um, <laughs> it. It's a question that I have to ask you just because I don't always find people like you who've been through similar circumstances. So um, at, at what point during the healing process did you realize that you were taking the medication for the sake of the feeling that the medication gave you and you no longer really needed it for the pain? 
Do you remember how that came and about? Are you I'm, Are you asking me when 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 do I feel like I was actually abusing it? Yeah. 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 How does that? How does? How did that realization came about? And did it come with the help of others, or was that something that you kind of tuned into yourself? An aha moment, if you will. Well. Uh, I mean, it's really just about, you know, I realize how much time has gone past and I'm not hurting as I was. I mean, I really could not get out of bed the first week after my car accident. You know, three, four months, five months down the road, you know, I'm pretty much healed by then. And I realized it was an issue. Um, I mean, right now that I think about it and think back, it's just like, you know, what was I thinking about, but um, I definitely just realized, you know, when you're when you're looking around for stuff you don't need and, you know, you don't need it any longer and you're just using it for the wrong reasons. Right. So, um, you've got a couple of songs in here about uh, well, one of them is for the love of God. Another one is God's path. Um, uh, soul, echoes, echoes. Oh, it's yeah, it's soul echoes. I spelled it. Echoes. I spelled it funky um, like that. And um, so, was that part of you know the stepping back and taking a look at yourself and sort of finding a different a different road, choosing your own road as opposed to floating along yeah soul echoes is definitely to that and that's the reason why i do it there, that was soul echoes part one i think it's spelled e-c-c-o-s and right. uh i i do a soul echoes i think i'm on part i think i just did part three i'm gonna always do a soul echoes because that's where i actually just relieve all my emotions on the guitar like I just relieve everything on so, any soul echoes. Something about and I and when I relieve the guitar completely on a recorded track, it's always normally a soul echo. Like those songs are more ambient, more more really in tune to the soul. Which that's why a soul echo. So and that actually that I made that song. I, I think that might be my first recording of guitar. So that goes. Um, I think so. I was definitely going through it when I made that. I think that's amazing that you've you know come to the spot where you can you can say you can just relieve all the the emotions that are in you and, and through the guitar. Um, yeah, it is sort of like someone that might say they relieve stress with meditation, but we're so thrilled that for you it's the guitar because we just love listening to it. <laughs> um, Thank you. And um, in fact, uh, I was one, another artist that's coming up had sent some music, and I was going to share it with uh, Jean. And she said, "Don't do that. I won't get anything done. I'll sit here and listen all day. Just don't do that." And um, so let's let's listen to this uh, Soul Echoes from back uh, uh, when you were just one of your first recordings, I guess, when you were just learning the guitar. <laughs> Hardly. Yeah. <laughs> Listen up, guys. This is a, a another good one. 
We'll be back in about two and a half minutes. musicians on the program is going to work out really because I, I I totally zone out when the music is on. Um, <laughs> well, but you know, we get we get totally into spaces sometimes listening to our guests talk that's, too. That's so very true. Very they get true. down and we both just kind of sit here and go, wow. Um, <clears throat> Say it again. <laughs> um, so Dana, you have um, one of your songs is called For the Love of God. Um, and I'd like to know... Um, a little more about that song, um, about what it means to you, where the inspiration came to write it, and um, where the title came from. Yes, well, um, my inspiration for was definitely for the love of God. You know, every I just feel lucky. I mean, even to be on the phone talking to you right now. I, I mean, uh, we all lose loved ones and the boss people close to us, and I just, I just thank God, I just feel lucky to be here, to be able to, to, you know, to even be alive, and I definitely, uh, I 
believe that's all in God's decision. And that's the reason why I make for the love of God. And that's also the reason why I do my music. Um, I I do my music because it makes me feel good. And for the love of God, not for... I, I've met people that that do music for wrong reasons. And I'm pretty sure everyone's aware of that. But um, that's the reason why I you know, do my music. So you're... you're... Your music is really about an expression of your connection to spirit, then. Correct. Awesome. That's that everyday connection we're talking about. That's that one. That's not to plug the show or anything, but. Um... Hey, I stuck it in earlier. It's your. <laughs> no, it's again. You know, and I hate to keep going back to it, but I'm going to. Um, not was not the... you. Yes, me. <laughs> um, was the accident a turning point for you, or were you disconnected before that? Because it, you seem to me to be a very grateful person just to be here breathing. Um, you know, like every every day for you, it I get the sense that it's a gift. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, because the accident was definitely the turning point for me. Um, I've, I never in my life realized how fast um, you don't know or you won't I, the accident just really woke me up and made me realize how grateful we all are to be here because you don't know when you, you're this your last day you won't see it coming and the accident made me realize that you won't see it coming, you never know when it's your last day, you won't feel a thing and then it happens so instant I really, and it was a turning point for me, um, it helped me with my playing I was only I think think I was only playing for about eight months when that happened, and um, it helped me motivate me, gave me all the motivation in the world. Um, It made me grateful, kept me humble, and it also made me realize, you know, just because I know the guitar, I mean, that's really nothing special. It's just an instrument. I'm no better than the next person that can't play it or something like that. I mean, that's ridiculous, and um, it just made me really, really grateful and, and appreciate everything around me. Well, that attitude of gratitude will carry you <laughs> so far, so far. Pretty no much limit. anywhere you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is, it's, it's, uh, and it's a shame that some of us, including myself, have to get uh, sort of shocked into the that remembrance of just how yep. special it is to get up in the morning and take the dog for a walk or whatever it is that you do. Yeah. You know. And and I'll tell you what I'm grateful for because I you know yeah I I went through it too but um, I'm grateful for the people in my life now through the show like Everyday Connection who I get to talk to twice a week that remind me of how valuable that is Um, and I think it's just incredible that survivors who have really taken a you know a challenging experience and turn it around into something positive are so willing to share their stories. I think that's awesome. Um because it gives hope to people who are going through challenging times and troubled times that, that there nice. is light at the end of the tunnel. And in my case they can always just look and go, Well gosh, if he can get over that 
surely I can do this. <clears throat> I didn't mean to be, yeah, you know, yeah. live my life as a warning to others, but sometimes that happens. <laughs> so true. Now, where do you plan on going now? Like, what um, dreams, ambitions, ideas, plans? What What are you planning on doing next? What are you working on? Well, I'm definitely going to still keep making um, music. Still continue to do that and do shows. Um, I definitely, I really want to, maybe not right now, but long-term-wise, I definitely want to give lessons to... um, a lot of younger kids, I feel. I feel a lot of, especially inner-city kids such as myself, um, I feel like there's a lack of knowledge, and, you know, if the guitar can change and impact my life, definitely do that for someone else. And um, I'm also, we're, I'm still going to always be part of the, uh, we're a production team called Track Bangers, and uh, that's going very well. I will, I will always be proud of that production. And I definitely want to still continue to make great music. See, there that there that goes, that God's Path song. Uh, just going to go where the music takes you. If they'll let you play, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you right. find um, working with working with the kids? Because you do... You do offer lessons to younger children. And are you working with kids who um, might not normally be able to afford, you know, music lessons? I know um, because I have a daughter. And to get music lessons or dance lessons or any kind of lesson, um, it's a bloody expensive endeavor. Um, But there's so many kids out there that music can really make such a huge impact in their lives. And they just they don't have the opportunity to pick up an instrument. Um, so the work that you're doing with youth is that volunteer work is is some of it paid and and how's how's that impacting you as as a young adult? Well, I I just like to make a change because I strongly believe. Um, the guitar has a lot of who I am. Um, it gave me balance, and I just I just know that that can do it for me. It can do it for anyone else. And I, I just work with kids. You know, I really don't charge kids. Now, adults, I do charge. But for kids, it's really, um, really not a big thing to me because when I first felt when I first wanted to play the guitar and wanted to learn and felt it, I felt like a big kid all over. Like I had a really, like I was felt like I was eight years old again. And uh, <laughs> if, 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 if I mean, if something can keep them out of trouble and um, make a change, I'm just all for it. I mean, you know, it, it really shocks people that. I bring the tar to a show and they look at me and they say, you know, 
yeah, kind of like almost like yeah, right. Because it's something you don't see these these days, man. It's, it's, you know, times it's changed, and that's why I want to make more of an impact too. Because I think it's I think it's just a good tool, and I think learning music, you know, it it really is. It just makes you better, I believe. Makes you think better, think clearer. It had done it for me. Um, I have a lot more patience now. It's just done a lot of things for my life. Just taking the time to work so hard to achieve something. And I think that's the main goal is that. And that's why I'm always on my Twitter and Facebook. I'm always preaching about hard work and it pays off, you know. And with an instrument such as a guitar, you're there's you're not gonna pick it up in one day and 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 shred or or you're not gonna pick it up and be able to yourself. You have to work to be able just to do that. You have to research. You have to listen to your Led Zeppelin, your Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix and uh, Eric Clapton, and you know, you you have to deal with your friends saying, "Hey, why are you listening to that?" You know, you got to deal with all of it, and you just have to overcome that. Work hard to achieve what you ha- have to achieve, and once you once you achieve that, uh, just something about the feeling of achieving anything. I think after you work hard, I mean, you know, even when you graduate high school, you get a diploma, you achieve something, and I think. When people achieve something, that's one of the best feelings, especially if you really want it. And that, that's just a, that's just a viable lesson. And um, that's, that's a like priceless the, lesson. Yeah. And yeah, uh, about, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, it's just that it's just. I really, it's just, I'm just. It's so important to me because I'll never forget when I first got the guitar, I would watch videos of, you know, people playing the guitar behind their back. And just so, I just was like, there's no way I'll ever be able to do none of that. And, I I mean, I just worked really, really hard and got there. And it's just, um, it's just a good feeling to be able to work hard. and And no one can ever take that away from you. Absolutely. And just along with the hard work, uh, you would sit, you would agree that when somebody finds their heart like you have with the guitar, that it is hard work, but it's not hard and it's not work. Would right. you agree with that? Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um and that, to me, I is mean, the awesome thing to find, whether it's the guitar or painting or poetry or sweeping the street, whatever it is. You know, the thing that yeah. you can give yeah. your heart to, and and uh, like you said, you play for the for the love of God and 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 for you, uh, and you just think it's cool. Other people like it. I kind of get the impression because you'd you'd yeah, play the guitar I, I, whether anybody listened or not, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm play the guitar until I'm in a rocking chair in the living room, and just you know, I'm I I can really have my own show in my living room. I don't do it so you know um, for the fame or glory or anything in that nature at all. But um, you know, when someone tells you like it, such as yourself, 
I I just feel very grateful. <laughs> I just didn't think that was ever possible, but um, I definitely it's nice for me. Well, and that's the thing that uh, that I think is so awesome about you wanting to share this with other kids is, you know, when I was a kid and going to school, there was you had to do a little bit of everything. And, you know, they've budget cut or whatever, the music programs go, that lots of programs have gone by the wayside. And I think it robs from children their uh, opportunity to see, oh, hey, gosh. it's almost like, it, it it almost feels like there's this, you know, kids I've talked to that that are that are troubled, that they feel like there's two options. You know, I can follow this, you know, dingy road that's laid out before me by the schools and the jobs and the fit into a slot, or I can run the streets and be free. And that there are so many ways of expression where you can be absolutely free and find that heart and peace that is, I think, what everybody's looking for. Um, oh yeah, that's why we're all here. Exactly. And uh, you know your your uh, your willingness to put yourself out there to bring that you know in in sort of a labor of love is just awesome. And I want awesome. I want you to know you know how incredible that is and and how much that's appreciated. Whether anybody ever tells you or not, I'll tell you now. Gene will bug you about it, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll bug you about you being cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Jane. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I just... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I was just wondering because um, this touches on something I was absolutely astounded the other day when my daughter came home, and I, I don't know if it's Canadian schools are getting smarter or if it's just this one school, but um, she came home the other day with uh, guitar books in her hand, saying that. Uh, Guitar was an option in music in her school, which was just so cool because I got her a guitar years ago, but I have no idea how to play it, and we just haven't had an opportunity for her to learn. Um, So now she gets to learn. How important do you think it is as a musician for um, music, not just traditional forms of music, but all forms of music to be made available to students um, in the general education system? I think it's definitely, um, I think it just should be a number one class because it's so much involved with music. And not only will you learn that hard work pays off and, you know, being focused and determined will get you where you want to go, um, you'll meet, you're meet other people doing the same thing you're doing. And... It, it, you just there's no boundaries where it work can lead to. They might find something that will keep them out of trouble. Uh, it's really limitless, and I think that's why it's very important to have music in schools and especially giving a class. I wish, I wish I had a class that gave guitar lessons or something, but I probably would have just ignored it back then too, because I was just. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This love affair you have with the guitar, I'm not sure that you would have been able to stay yeah. away from that. 
she I made us dig the guitar out of storage. <laughs> um, Good girl. So she's she's going for it. Um, but I'm just thinking, you know, if 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 music and art classes were uh, a bigger part of our education system, do you think that it would have a large impact in getting kids off the street? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It would definitely get them off the streets and um, a goal and something to do. I, I think a lot of kids on the streets, honestly, and I, and I was one of those kids on the street. They just don't know what to do with their time. They have. I just think they have. They don't have any um, objectives really. I mean, I was one of those kids, so I, that's the reason why I want to work with, especially inner city kids. I mean, it's uh, suburban kids too, but. Um, they have no direction. When I mean, you have no direction, you're just you're just out there, and that's where that's what the streets are for. You know, what I mean, all those. To me, everyone in the streets have no direction. If you have direction, you wouldn't be in the streets. And um, I mean, thank God for sports and you know academics, but I think music can also just as important as that to get kids off the that can help contribute get kids off the streets. And. Um, because the only way of learning music is not to do it on your own the way I did would be uh, going through church. And there's not a lot of people, uh, church people, a lot of people. I, I met a lot of people that learn instruments by going to church and were brought up in church. And then some brought taught themselves, such as me, and then some went to school. Those are really the, all the only options you have. And that's why I think it's even more important to offer music in school. That will provide for people who do not go to church just to learn music. Right, and such a limited, sometimes in those cases, selection of style or. Yeah. But I think oh, yeah, I very, think you're I think you're right. People find their passion. You know, once you found your passion and you were really connected with the guitar and you were researching all these people and listening to different styles and probably trying to see can you do that. You really don't have time to run the streets, do you? No, no, no. Because you got something valuable to you to do, and that leaves you um, with, it sounds to me like anyway, a, a much bolstered uh, sense of worth, which is another thing yeah. I think it's missing in our youth today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely missing, and I just think that's just, I mean, I, you know, what really got me on to um, teaching kids is that I did a show, and, you know, there was a little kid. I've never, most of my shows were, I mean, I've done, like, the Hated Relief, but, you know, most people play at bars and nightclubs, you know, but there was this one show there, perhaps, there was, there would just be a, um, graduation party there is at a poetry club but for some reason someone was throwing a graduation party and there's little kids there for the graduation party and um, that was my first time seeing the impact of a musician or in my case a guitarist how much of an impact it has on, on young children I mean he really, he just wanted to be a guitarist from right when he saw me play. And, you know, I asked his mom to shake my hand and everything. And, and I just thought that was really cool because that one kid, that might have 
he might not really he might just be a, a, a guitarist and you know be he might he'll be more focused and determined and the same way I was when I was learning and I just thought that was really powerful um how much it of is. an impact that can have on on the youth today because um you don't want to do music for the wrong re- and you don't want to forget the purpose of music, and that's what my father told me. The purpose of music is to make yourself feel good. And, um, you know, once he, once I was realizing what he was saying and, you know, learning guitar, listening to a lot of Santana, and and it makes you feel good, and then now I play it, it makes me feel good. And that's the real purpose of music. It's just extremely important. That the youth, the youth is. I'm not going to say that the music is pointless. I'm not going to say that at all. But it's a lot of. It's completely different, though. Even from when I was brought up, listening to the rap music I was listening to, it's completely different right now from what I was listening to in the mid '90s. And my father and mother banned that from me. They were if if I was growing up in the days. You listening to what they're listening to now? I would, I don't know what my father and mother would do. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's. <sighs> I am a mother, and I still don't know what to do. <laughs> about yeah. having mother and father that that care about you, I, I um, I know you know you, you have the music in the genes. Your grandmother, uh, Odessa Harmon, was it? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, right. Played piano in churches uh, mm-hmm. all over the Columbus area, and uh, and your father John, uh, professional saxophone player, uh, and uh, but it's just awesome to me the way that you have been able to find this connection and and are sharing it with folks. And speaking of sharing, uh, we've been talking about for the love of God. Why don't we play it? Let everybody know what it sounds like. Okay, great. Perfect. We'll be right back.
amazing. I really, really, I love the bluesy sound of that song. Um, so, Thank you. Dana, I have a couple more questions for you, and then we'll get about the task of wrapping it up. Um, we'll keep it light, though, going, going near the end. Do, do you have, out of all your collection of music, do you have a favorite song that... Um, that you just kind of love a little more than all the rest, or are they all kind of even in your eyes? Um, uh, I would say, I'm trying to think. I really don't, I really don't even listen to my own music. I listen to more, I listen to Santana more than anything. Um, that's awesome. That was going to be my next question, actually. If you have a favorite um, artist, and as guitarists go, Santana is definitely hands down my hero. Oh, um. oh yeah. He he gave me direction on one as far as guitar, but um, yeah, I, I I like all my songs even because they all have different. Like for instance, when I listened to "For the Love of God," like I was thinking about. I made that in New York City, in Brooklyn, and, like, they're kind of, like, time-traveling with me when I hear my own music. This is definitely all even. I don't have any favorites, but I just think about where I was at when I was making it, what, why did I make it, what I was doing, and it's definitely all even. That's awesome. Um, and and besides Santana and his obvious talent, do you have... Um... Do you have one or a few artists who have been a rather big influence on your music? Uh, as far as my playing, yeah, I listen. My I listen to. Um, I don't know if you know of a band called Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. Um, well, the guitarist from there, my dad, he um told me while I was learning, he's like, well, if you don't learn guitar, you need to listen to Chicago. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, you know, there's a guitarist called Terry Cass. And, um, you know, he had a he had a real bad accident when he passed away. You know, the gunshot, gunshot wound to the head. But my dad said, if you're going to learn how to play guitar, you need to listen to him. And I listen, I've been listening to Chicago ever since, and particularly Terry Cass. And um, he's helped with a lot of my playing as far as I just love his playing. And, um, of course, Jimi Hendrix. I love Jim. Jimmy Page was the reason why I got a Les Paul Gibson. And um, I didn't even know nothing about guitars, but when I saw Jimmy Page, I loved definitely with his Les Paul. I was like, oh, I got to get me one. And then I fell in love with Les Pauls ever since. And uh, all I'll play is a Les Paul. And um, definitely I love Jimmy Page and... David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. They've helped me. I, I really listen to so many. I, I really like all guitars, but all of those guitars help me with my playing because I listen to them so much. Now, before we um, before we run off, if you had um, you have the floor for a couple minutes and you had an opportunity to give a message to. People young and old alike who um, who are just getting into exploring music for the first time. Um, what would you tell them? Well, if you're an artist and you're exploring music, it's never too late 
to achieve your dreams or your goals, and don't ever let anyone take that away from you or tell you you can't do anything. And there is no boundaries and no rules with music. Um, you're, there's just no rules and no boundaries. I mean, don't let anyone discourage you. I've had so many, when I was learning guitar, so many old white boy jokes and you know, because being in a black community, you know, it's just it's just ridiculous. And if you if you're the black sheep anywhere you're at, don't just stick to your guns, and because you know where you're going, and just stick with it. And I just think that's so important. Be yourself rather than fit in. Whether you like to listen to this type of music, or you like to do this type of music, or you like to listen to this instrument or this singer or you want to sing this certain style, just stick with how you feel and don't let anyone ever discourage you because there were a lot of opportunities where I could have been discouraged and I just knew and had my faith. I just knew what I was doing was right for me and I just stuck it out. That's awesome advice um, to, to anybody of any age. Because yeah. it can be discouraging and a little scary at first, um, especially if you're going against the grain. But there it is. I mean, what's the point of living if you can't have fun while you're doing it, right? Oh, you got to have fun. It's the only way. And trust, trust in that inner voice to, that you know where you're going. Amazing. Exactly. Amazing young man. So where can folks uh, find you on the web? I've put some links into the chat room, and, of course, we'll have them on our website. But uh, for all our podcast listeners that might not have a chance to look there, uh, some web addresses where they could find you? Yes, they can find me at www.danaharmon.com. That's D-A-N-A-H-A-R-M-O-N. And I'm also on Facebook. Um, www.facebook.com forward slash Dana Harmon Guitar. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter more than anything. And that's www.twitter.com forward slash Dana Harmon, all one word. And that's at Dana Harmon for my Twitter. Beautiful. That's awesome. Well, I hope folks will... Check out your music because it is amazing uh, and an amazing collection. I got to tell you, um, don't uh, don't give it up because I I can hear what it what it does for you. So don't give it up for those reasons. But uh, uh, bless you for sharing it with us because it is just uh, it, it it's amazing to hear somebody that's got that connection play because it shows, brother. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm very grateful, and hopefully, look forward to doing it again. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're we're gonna rather enjoy um, playing your music every now and again, getting getting you out there through the radio station. I, I love listening to your stuff. Um, it's very some of it's very soulful, very bluesy, and um, I found it rather moving. And that's. You know, I, usually the only thing that can put me into a meditative state is is a pen and a piece of paper. So um, to find to find any kind of music that that will get me to stop talking and thinking in terms of words for um, more than a couple of minutes is is quite the accomplishment. <laughs> um, 
I'm yeah. definitely going to be um, sharing your stuff around, and it's been a joy for for us to have you on uh, to share our time with somebody who's who's not only overcome some challenges in life, but really taken them and turned them into something beautiful. Thank you so much. Absolutely awesome stuff. So, um, how about Do, I? Uh, yeah, one play more. Us, play us absolutely. You've got a you got a song entitled "Come Go With Me," mm. and so I love that one. <laughs> let's uh, let's play that one because we hope folks will come go with you to your uh, websites, uh, check out and uh, and support your incredible uh, artistry. Uh, because you said earlier, you know, musician, or in my case, a guitarist, you are a musical artist, young man. And uh, uh, I don't mean young man in any der- derisive way, uh, because you're a, you're a legend on the guitar. Uh, people just hadn't found out yet, so we're going to try to help them find out. So, Thank you. come go with Dana Harmon.
That's just beautiful. Who's is, is that you singing? Oh no. <laughs> no, I cannot sing. <laughs> oh, I have a horrible voice. Um Oh no. You don't you don't need okay. one with the guitar like that. I mean uh your six string song is almost like you were rapping with the guitar. But speaking yeah. of rap, you talked about being at a poetry graduation. Uh yeah. and rap is really uh, a form of poetry or poetic expression. Do you still write at all? No, no, I just um I play out of a lot of the poetry events in Tampa. All right, well we've got we got something for you to tell all these guys about. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll we'll put a link up on your uh, Facebook page, and uh, I can tweet it at you. And somebody to connect you with as well. Absolutely, for the uh, uh, World Healing World Peace Poetry 2012 contest. It's an amazing thing. There's going to be three big winners that will be uh, receiving a publishing contract, get their book published, formatted, cover designed, uh, printed copy in your hand. Uh, and as part of the deal, the the best part of the prize, you get to come on Everyday Connection and talk to Gene and I. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and, and, and five other radio shows or something like that? Five other radio shows, yeah. They've lined up quite the uh, promotions and marketing campaign for um, for their winners. So it's going to be an incredible experience for everybody involved. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I will do that um and the people who are putting it on um that's who we want to connect you with and everybody else with we're always talking about our family um over inner childs um just because when it comes to taking an expression of love in in all its beautiful magical and amazing forms um that's really what inner child does is is they encourage that expression of spirit through different forms of art and um bill and family are just so amazing at making people feel really feel like they have something of of value and worth to give so um you need to stop by the inner child network as well if you get the opportunity um which is That's cool. inner, yeah it's uh inner child dot ning n i n g dot com yes we will make sure that you dana have those links um and we'll make sure they're up on our website as well and i guess that's pretty much it for us tonight thank you so much for coming to play with us in our sandbox we uh had a good time not a blast thank you for having me i had a blast myself good deal Awesome. That's that's why we do this. Is we just have fun twice a week. If we could figure out a way to get away with it without withering away, we'd do this every night. <laughs> you know, anybody out there with radio stations with payrolls, just listen. Oh, no, wait. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here, everybody. Um Janet and Mel in the chat room and and for all of you listening to the podcast, we really appreciate you guys too. Uh, come join us sometime. Join in the conversation. It's a lot of fun. Night, everybody. Night, night. Good night. 
Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.